Dan Zuni, a beautiful Pueblo Indian kid with a mane of coal-black hair and the slim-hipped build of a female fashion model, had a psychotic thing for them. Night and day, he had credence on the record player in his bedroom. Once in a while, I had to beg for mercy. He was always nice enough to give it a rest when I complained, but a couple of hours later, Susie Q would be blasting again. Wilton had me laughing so hard my ribs ached, but that wasn't such a tough assignment. I was stoned. We both were, and just about everything was funny. We lay side by side on the floor of my room, only a couple of feet away from the new space heater my Uncle Woody had paid for. Winter in Chicago is nothing to trifle with. You might think you know about our winters because of that record Lou Rawls had where he referred to the wind whipping off Lake Michigan as the hawk. Don't kid yourself. You don't know. At night, my room was like the north face of Everest. But I was low on cash, so Woody sprang for the heater, despite his being none too pleased with me these days. Uncle Woody loved me, no question, but I had recently left home, moved out of the spacious high-rise apartment in Hyde Park where I had lived with him and my Aunt Ivy since I was eleven years old. They were pretty pissed about it. Maybe it wouldn't have been such an affront if I'd taken a nice studio apartment in a respectable Southside development like Lake Meadows. Maybe they'd have been able to write it off as an understandable step toward independence— that's not what I did, though, when I left home. I moved all the way up to the north side, to a rambling apartment with sloping floors and niggardly steam heat, where I had anywhere from three to seven roommates, depending on who was sleeping at a lover's apartment, who was hitchhiking to California, or who was back home in Indiana for some holiday. At the moment, we were without any pet critters, though it was just about time for one of our number to find another stray kitten or take in an orphaned parakeet. Woody and Ivy Liesel are my de facto parents. My mother, Hattie Perry, left me in my grandmother's care when I was eight, and she's been in the wind ever since. The years with Grandma Perry were brief but hideous. To put it mildly, we never hit it off— and in a masterpiece of understatement, let me say I was not a happy child. As I get older, I try not to blame her so much for her part in my misery. The best I can figure, she and my mother had never been the greatest of pals, and as soon as Mom was of age, she cut herself loose from home and hearth. Then, at just the time in the old lady's life when child-rearing should have been far behind her— she got saddled with a needy youngster, that would be me, subject to bouts of depression, panic, and rage. Like her husband before her, Grandma was called home in the Negro parlance at a fairly young age. My guess is she had had it up to here and was good and ready to go. At any rate, that's when her younger sister Ivy took me in. As for my biological father... You tell me. My family history is lousy with secrets, vague explanations that don't hold water, and outright lies. The story of how I came into being partakes of every one of those things. The three years with my weary grandmother at her house on Forest Street, 
at the heart of the heart of the South Side's ghetto, are now a blur of loneliness and resentment. Ivy and Woody saved me. I was spared from the home for wayward juveniles and the welfare roles, if not from a revolving cast of school bullies who hassled the shit out of me for being teacher's pet. Under the fond gaze of Woody and Ivy, my love for reading and excelling at school was rewarded with gift-boxed fountain pens, season subscriptions to the Young People's Orchestra, and summers at theater arts camp, where I painted flats for Death Takes a Holiday and then wowed them as Bernice in The Member of the Wedding. And at home, I got away with murder. My own television, no bedtime curfew, allowed to drink coffee with my breakfast and mingle with the cocktail party guests, sipping 7-Up from a martini glass and eating myself.